Welcome to 17 Strong. Victories don't come by accident. Here's your host, Steve Teixeira. Thanks, Andy. Welcome to another 17 Strong podcast. I'm your host, Steve Teixeira, along with my beautiful wife, Holly. Hi, babe. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Well, we have our first video podcast today. I know, pretty exciting. You know, wave to everybody yeah. out there. Hey, Hi. Yeah. It's and we new. also have some very special guests. All of our guests are special, as we like to say. But from yeah. UCLA Health, we have Dr. Brian, Brian DiCarlo and Dr. or nurse practitioner. See, I upgraded what? you there a little bit, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Mary Okimoto. So welcome to both of you. Thanks Thank for joining you. Thank us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, did you guys have a good day? Busy. Good. Very busy. busy. <laughs> this isn't really a business we want to be busy at, right? Right, right. It's a double-edged sword there, but do, yeah, I we do. are busy. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. I know, that's <laughs> tough. Um, okay, so I first want to direct my question to Dr. DiCarlo, and I would like to just kind of tell us about yourself. Tell us, like, where you went to school, how you got to this beautiful area that we live in. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, please. So, uh, well, I'm a New Yorker. Uh, uh, <laughs> Do you have uh, the accent to go with? Can't that? you hear it? You hear you it? Have, you haven't heard it yet? Oh, yeah. certain words. It, it'll come yeah. out. Okay, it'll good. Yeah, Keep talking. Coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm a New Yorker, born and raised, grew up on Long Island. Long Island. <laughs> Long Island. Um, and uh, went to school in Buffalo, New York, the opposite of this area. Yeah. Um, and uh, went to med school in, in New York City, did my residency at Cornell in New York City. Fellowship, pants, all that stuff. And then I married a California girl. <laughs> How'd you meet her? Uh, in residency. She, 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 well, actually I was a medical student. She was a resident. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's California the standard girls. Standard. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so I met her in residency and, um, and obviously we started dating and when, when, when I was going through residency and fellowship, you know, uh, she was kind of saying, Hey, you know, you got to come check out California. I had never, I had never been in California in my life. And, uh, so she took me out to Santa Barbara where her sister lived. And I said, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah. I, 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 I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> so, you know, as soon as, as soon as, uh, I was graduated, I said, Hey, let's get on the plane and go. Wow. So, well, especially when you see Santa Barbara, I mean, yeah, Aww. I never, I, yeah. had no, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, so we ended up, uh, looking at Santa Barbara mostly because her sister lived there, but, um, I ended up, uh, finding this area in the central coast, uh, Santa Maria, San Luis Obispo, ended up, ended up joining a practice in, uh, Santa Maria initially gotcha. and, uh, practiced there for about four years and then ultimately moved up to San Luis Obispo, uh, where I've been practicing, uh, with Dignity Health for a, a few years. and then. More recently, with my relationship with UCLA, which I've been doing a lot of clinical research for uh, for for cancer clinical trials, um, I uh, decided to work with them, and uh, they uh, they came up with the idea of opening up a UCLA cancer center here in San Luis Obispo, um, and I kind of jumped at that opportunity, and uh, so we've had the UCLA Health San Luis Obispo for, for about a year now. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. How long has that been? About a year. Right. Um, did you know that you wanted to get into oncology? Was that something that you, when, at what point did you decide oncology was your. Good question. I, uh, I actually, know. I, I wanted to be a cardiologist when I first uh, started residency. 
and I really tried hard to like cardiology, but I just didn't, didn't like it. Right? I just didn't like it. Didn't I just like didn't it. like it. I think that's fair. I respect that. Yeah, he yeah. tried hard. He tried. I tried hard, and I just I just wasn't very good at it. Uh, and uh, and I trained at uh, at Cornell, and and they're and they're affiliated with. Uh, uh, Sloan Kettering, oh, actually okay. right across the street, uh, right across the street from each other in the city. So I did a lot of uh, work um, in both uh, places, and just had a lot of exposure to cancer patients. Um, a lot of young cancer patients, actually. Initially, you know, my first my first experience was on the leukemia ward, where there was a lot of you know teenagers or you know 20, 20 year old patients, and and you know I just kind of fell in love with taking care of cancer patients and you know fighting the good fight. And such a high impact. It was really high impact medicine. You're really, mm-hmm. you know, trying to save people's lives, you know. Right. So, okay. um, and so that's how I kind of just fell in love with it and, and, and just had a lot of exposure to that uh, at Sloan Kettering or Cornell and ultimately decided to go into that field, which I'm very happy about. Wow. Well, we're, yeah. we're happy you're in and it. It I takes am... a special person to, to do that. Appreciate that. Steve yeah. said exactly what I was going <laughs> to say because. You know, great minds think alike. I guess that's the truth. <laughs> that is crazy, but um, yeah, because I don't think that as a young kid you'd be like, oh yeah, I think I want to go into you know go into oncology. That's just it's right. a gift. It really is a gift, and it is. I'm super thankful that you enjoy it and um, day in and day out because it's not an easy one. It's definitely not easy. Yeah, you know, it's not an easy one. Knee, knees or hips or whatever. <laughs> right, right. And you know, bye bye. See you later. <laughs> go yeah, rehab yeah. and you're fine. But well, I, yeah, intimate. it's intimate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I learned early on, I can't sew. So I, I, I surgery was out right, right away. <laughs> I learned that as a medical student. I love that. And, uh, so sur- surgery, no, n- no go. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, the thing with oncology is it's, it's, it's very rewarding. It's very life affirming, mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't, don't really think about, uh, you know, when at first blush, people say, how, how do you do this job? It's depressing or, and it's really the opposite of that. I mean, it's not not to say it's not difficult at times. Gotcha. Of course it is. But um, it's very re- rewarding. And, and now there's so much going on in the field. It's it's really a kind of a golden age in the field in, in that we're really making significant improvements. And I think the next 10 years are going to change wow. everything. Yeah. It's, it's going to change Things everything. Things have changed yeah. just since everything's happened with Ryan. Sure. I oh, mean, yeah. Because Completely. We were ta- yeah. they were talking because Ryan was treated at UCLA right? and he, um, they were talking about the T cells. Do you remember that? Yeah. And how they were going to modify those T cells and it wasn't, they weren't doing it yet. Right. And now they're doing now, that. Now, yeah. It is amazing to me that they can yep. modify a cell and it work. I mean, call me weird, but I just thought that is incredible. It's science fiction stuff. <laughs> right? Yeah. It is. Yeah. That's a great and, way to put it. And, and we're actually, the, the T cell thing you're referring to is actually now standard of care for things like leukemia and lymphoma. Right. You know, and see, I mean, it's amazing. Ryan had leukemia. Yeah. And so yeah. that was what they were, it was like cutting edge right. at that moment. And that was only three years ago. Yeah. So right. crazy right. to think yeah. that, right? Crazy to yeah. think that. Um, if you don't mind, I would like to shift to uh, Mary and I'd like to hear a little bit about you. Yeah, so um, I grew up here on the Central Coast. Um, My grandfather taught at Cal Poly, so that kind of brought him out here. My father is a lawyer in town, and I'm one of six kids. Big family. Yeah. You don't hear that very often. Lots of athletes. We all, you know, like to play sports and do all that. So um, 
I also wanted to be a surgeon. And then I actually babysat for a couple doctors and noted that they didn't see their kids too much. And I was trying to figure out how that would happen as a female kind of navigating through that world. So that got me looking into nursing and being a nurse practitioner and seeing if perhaps I could have the best of both worlds. And so where did you go to school? I went to University of San Francisco up in the Bay Area um, and then worked at UCSF. Um, My first job was in pediatric bone marrow transplant. So, and I loved it. Same thing. It was kind of the same, you know, experiences as Dr. DiCarlo in that I never thought I would go into that. But as soon as I started, I just fell in love with it. And, you know, getting to be around these families during the most vulnerable time in their life. And And it is. Yeah. Very vulnerable. I mean, I'll never forget Ryan's bone marrow transplant. And feeling like you're making such a huge impact. Yeah. You know. Well, it's it's a birthday. It's it's. I mean, they called it Ryan's new birthday. New new birthday, right. Yeah. So then my husband um, helped start a a company in New York City. So then we moved out to New York City and I worked at Memorial Sloan Kettering uh, in pediatric oncology as well. Um, We actually realized, Dr. DiCarlo and I, that we were probably there at the same time and just didn't even know. Oh, but you didn't know each other while you were there. No. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he he probably lived 10 blocks from me (laughs) during that time. So it's kind of funny. That is crazy. Yeah. Um, then decided I wanted to become a nurse practitioner. So I came back to my my husband's, uh, work was starting an office on the West coast. So I went back to school at UCSF, um, to become a nurse practitioner, um, did that. And then, uh, started working at Stanford in, uh, oncology. So So you've always been on, in oncology. Yes. Yeah. In some form of oncology. Yeah. I always did pediatric oncology until I met this guy. Really? Who convinced me to <laughs> branch out about eight and a half, nine years ago. Okay. So, and what what do you feel is the difference between um, pediatric versus like adults now? Because, I mean, is the treatment question. the same? Do you feel like? Um, no, they're very different. Very different. Very different. Um, I would say in general, I mean, children have new organs. They are not making the decision for themselves. And so you can give them much stronger chemotherapy. They don't get to decide if they're not going to go to chemotherapy that day. So um, we actually have a a lot of um, patients on clinical trials and advancements in, uh, you know, leukemia came through pediatrics because these parents were willing to put their kids through a lot more than probably the, an adult would want to do to try to be cured. So. Interesting, because we were told, do you want to get into that, about how Ryan was considered a pediatric patient? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and we, I, was that because he was a Ewing's well, patient or because he was It's Ewing's that age more? bracket, too. Well, you could, you could technically treat teenagers, you know, 17-year-old, uh, mm-hmm. on either, but Ewing sarcoma is more, more prevalent in pediatrics, so the specialists that specialize in it are typically pediatric oncologists. So an adult sarcoma doc would, would still see him. Yeah. One of the interesting things about that is um, the, uh, generally the cure rates are higher for the pediatric population Mm -hmm. than adults. And um, that's been looked at a lot. And, you know, why is that? Um, A lot of it has to do with uh, the fact that pediatric patients have been put on clinical trials much more, about 80 or 90% go on clinical trials, as opposed to about three to 5% of adults. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so there's, been, there, there's always been a lot more research, a lot more protocols and fine tuning treatment. Plus, um, kids can handle more intensive therapy than, than adults in general. So it can kind of, like Mary's alluding to, give more intensive therapies with curative intent. Um, but interestingly, uh, and what you're talking about with Ryan, uh, the, the young adults has kind of been a population that's been sort of left behind a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, we're trying, we're trying to fix that in the last few years. And, and one of the things you refer to is treating young adults as pediatric patients. Why? Because the pediatric protocols are actually associated with better prognoses. Um, and so we, so, you know, a lot of these patients that kind of in that 20, 20 year old category in early twenties, we will kind of give them more pediatric protocols because they, they, they do better in that way. Right. So you live that, you know, mm-hmm. you know all, all about this. So, mm-hmm. so, um, still have a long way to go. And, 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 you know, unfortunately, um, the young adult population doesn't do as well as, as the sort of, you know, younger kids. Right. Um, and, and that's still, that's still the case, even with the pediatric protocols. We're not exactly sure why that is, mm-hmm. but there's something biologic about, about those cancers that are a little bit tougher or much tougher sometimes than pediatric cancers. Mm-hmm. So as we found out, as you found out, mm-hmm. yeah, and of course exactly. everything was rare when it came to Ryan. So, yeah. right. You know, cause it wasn't right. a typical Ewing's either. So right. there you go. That's another rare thing. It was in the soft tissue, which we thought, oh, right. that'll be, that's so much better. I don't know. Yeah, it was a yeah, rare bird of a rare bird. bird. Right. Right. And yes. yeah. It's a domino yeah. effect. Yeah. Really but I think that's one of the things that has made 17 Strong special, if you will, is because Ryan saw that in the hospital that, hey, wait a minute. Sorry. You're, you're, oh, don't, you're, be, don't be you're hitting. Oh, you oh, don't even realize it. I don't. Tap your I talk with my hands. It's, it's Italian too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have Italian. <laughs> See, that was the thing about Ryan. Okay. So that was the thing about Ryan as well. Is that, you know, you fall into these categories that cancers for kids or old people, but that middle age bracket, it's like, okay, what do we do? I remember Ryan's doctors. Saying, okay, we're going to look at the pediatric side and we're going to look at the adult side, see what trials are going on where, and we're going to, we're going to make something work. We're going to make something happen because you're just in that no man's land. And it's nice to hear you say that, you know, we're making strides, we're making progress in those areas because that's a forgotten age group. It's Mm -hmm. no different than what 17 strong does by granting victory trips. Right. It's a forgotten age group. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, people forget about cancer has no boundaries. It doesn't matter your race, your religion, your gender, right. or your age. That's right. It right. strikes at any time when you least expect it. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. That's so true. So yeah. True. I mean, what you guys are doing with this is so needed in that, in that population, you know, because, you know, everything you just said, um, whether it's, whether it's, you know, support for during treatment, uh, after treatment, survivorship, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the patients who do beat the, beat the cancer. Now they have to live with the side effects and the repercussions of that for the rest of their lives. And there's a lot to that. And then research dollars, right? Yeah. Why are we not doing trials for 20 to 25 year olds, Mm -hmm. you know, um, specifically, you know, because it's a different, it's a different age group. It's a different biology of the disease. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a lot, a lot we have to learn. Well, and the marketing 
for pediatric cancer is phenomenal. True. And yeah. you see St. Jude, you see right. Shriners, you see all of these different hospitals with these kids. Well, anybody that has a heart that's tugging on their heartstrings, of course, I'll give $10 a month. Right. You know, well, that $10 pretty soon adds up to a thousand to a hundred thousand and so on. But that's where all the education and the research is going is to these kids. Right. We're not focusing on what happens after you're not a kid anymore. Yeah. That's exactly you know? right. That yep. So yep. So true. Um, so let me ask you this. What is a typical day in your office look like? I'm talking, let's talk before COVID and then we'll talk after. What does it look so, like? Either one of you can any, both of you can. Yeah. Ahead, well, whatever. I'll start and Mary okay. will jump in. Okay. Um, uh, I think that's a great question because I, I always I always feel like I want to, I would love to have people sort of follow me around for a day mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, oncology in 2020 is really kind of remarkable. Uh, and, and, and the day is just so amazing in, 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 a, in a lot of ways because, first of all, it's very busy. So I, I typically will see somewhere between 20 and 30 patients in a day and usually two new patients, uh, two or three new patients a day. Um, and, uh, I'm a community oncologist. So, so in the, in the community setting, you see every diagnosis that you can think of. So you don't have a specialty. Yeah. So, so I don't, you know, you know, exactly. I don't, I don't spe specialize in particular, you know, breast cancer, colon cancer, whatever, like you uh, will see if you go down to uh, UCLA main campus or Stanford, oh, yeah. um, where you'll see disease specific specialists. So, you know, in, in, in this area, in a town, town like San Luis Obispo, you need, you need to be able to see everything. So, you know, we'll go from one room, it's a, it's a breast cancer patient who might be, you know, uh, 30 or 40 years old. Then I might go see a lymphoma patient who's 90 years old. And then the next room will be a young patient who's 20 years old and has some high risk lymphoma. Um, and you name it, you see it in the day. And it's, it's, I mean, I, I think I have the greatest job in the world. It's an, it's an, it's an amazing profession. Um, and to be able to, you know, sharing people's experiences that are going through this and be able to save some lives and, and make impacts, uh, even, if, even if we can't win the battle. Um, and, uh, and it's just, it, it was hard for us as community oncologists is keeping up with all the new treatments Oh yeah, because we have to keep up with it in every single diagnosis. Sure. So it's very difficult. And it's become really difficult in the last few years because of the, the, the you know, for good reasons, the, the change has been so rapid mm -hmm. and the advances have been so quick. Um, you know, I think in the past, you know, a few years, there's been about 70, 80 drugs approved, uh, by the FDA and just in the last two or three years for, oh, wow. for, for different cancers. So it's just, you know, just keeping up with that is a challenge. Um, but that also makes it nice that you have UCLA behind you because you can pick up the phone and call exactly the specialist right. yep. and say, Hey, what are you doing? I've got a, you know, 40 year old male exactly with, right. with colon cancer. What's the latest, greatest. Yep. Yep. And that's exactly right. So I just pick up the phone or shoot an email and say, Hey, you know, um, I have this patient, you know, what do you think? We have a clinical trial. Should we open up a clinical trial? That's always been my passion is, is bringing, uh, clinical trials to the community. Um, you know, I think our area is kind of perfect because we're, we're right in the middle of mm -hmm. two big cities, you know, sure. three, four hours each way. Mm -hmm. 
difficult. You, I mean, you guys know better than anyone making the trip down to LA for treatments and, yeah. and, and, or, or to the Bay area. So one of the reasons I did this with UCLA is to be able to open the trials here. So, uh, we just, we just actually kicked off our research program and we just opened about five or six studies with a goal to open up about 20 or 30 at a time. Oh my goodness. And these oh, are, that's amazing. yeah, so we're, we're really excited about it. It's, you know, these are trials that are being done at UCLA. They're the same exact trials that you would get going down there, but you get all the treatment here in San Luis Obispo and, and actually never have to go down to LA. Wow. So we're trying to bring a lot of those cutting edge new treatments to the, to this area. So that's part of my day too, is kind of, you know, thinking mm -hmm. about clinical trials, trying to, uh, being, being an investigator in, in these trials. So it's, it, you know, it's overseeing it. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a lot to it. It's a lot of fun. I, I think that's <laughs> so important to be able to do this in our own backyard. Yeah. Because being home or someplace familiar helps the healing process mentally and physically. Right. Because when you're driving to LA, it's exhausting. And then you have time to think about what you're going to go through. And then you, it's like, well, when am I going to get to come home? I mean, Ryan got to come home once. Right. That was it. That was it. Yeah. You know, he lived in the hospital that whole time. and it's Tough. emotionally exhausting, you know, and it's like mentally for that patient. It's like, where's the hope? You know, when do I get to go home? Because everybody wants to go home. Mm -hmm. There's a sense of comfort there, yeah. you know? Right. So true. I think being able to do this here locally is amazing. Do you have a yeah. lot of patients that have to be inpatient with treatment? Uh, no, that's the minority. You know, the, the, the vast majority of, of oncology is outpatient now. Um, with with some exceptions, you know, leukemia is, as, as you know, tend to get these sort of in, intensive therapies. Bone marrow transplant, of course, uh, is, is some often of the sarcoma protocols, sarcoma protocols, yeah. things like that that are that are more intensive that require sort of like twenty four hours of chemo or yeah. things like that. But you know, in the community setting, that that's actually relatively rare. I would say that's one percent of my practice at most. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, e even even some diseases like leukemia and lymphoma, we're we're really treating on the outpatient side, which I think is good good for oh, people too. You know, is get treatment, and go home, like you said, yeah. being at home. Yeah. Is there a particular type of cancer that we see in this area more than another? You know, it's an interesting question. We we sort of looked at that a few years ago. There was some interest in question whether or not we see more lymphomas. Uh, there there is some possible evidence that in agricultural communities, there's more lymphoma. Um, when we looked at our data, kind of looking at Santa Barbara and uh, San Luis Obispo counties, it ultimately looked about the same as the national average. So we don't really see it. Any, there's nothing that's really jumping out at us that is really, you know, significantly higher in this area, but maybe lymphomas. Um, but more or less, if you look at, if you look at the data, it really mirrors national averages. And it's kind of just a slice of a population, you know? Wow. Yeah. What do you think, um, either one of you, uh, for this question, what do you think is one of the causes for a higher, I'm going to call it higher. I don't have that scientific backing to prove it, but it's just what we see because we see it all the time Yeah, is the millennials and the younger people with a higher cancer rate. What, what do we think's causing that? Where do we think that's coming from? Is it our diet? Is it? I know that was the first thing you I was know, gonna say. Food. I you know, know. Well, is right? It, is right. It, is, I mean, is there anything out there that's saying this is a culprit? Not to my knowledge. Um, the 
there's a lot of research looking into this because there, there are a lot of young adults. It's it actually comes back to that same population. I think, I, Mary, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the pediatric numbers have been relatively stable over the years. Yeah. Um, you know, like how many? 0.5% uh, increase per year about. Is it? Okay, yeah. yeah. And that's for, for <clears throat> up, to, up to what age though? Probably up to, I'd say 15. 15. A lot of the statistics go up to 15. Okay. Yeah, I think I think that's about right. You know, so like, you know, the number of leukemias per year, if you kind of look at year to year, kind of about the same. Um, but that can but, also be secondary to better diagnostics. Yeah. People bringing, you know, the patient in earlier. Right. Earlier, earlier diagnosis, yeah. things like that. Um, but I do think uh, the, the sort of 20 to 40 year old population and maybe, you know, going to like maybe let's say 50, uh, there's an increase in some cancers. For, for instance, colon cancer, colorectal cancers has really increased dramatically in younger adults. You know, the, the, the recommendations are for screening colonoscopy at age 50. Uh, some of the uh, committees out there uh, that do the recommendations actually recently said we should go down to 45 because we're seeing more younger colon cancer. Question is why, yeah. right? Um, and we really don't know. It, you know, a, a lot of it is thought to be diet related, you know, uh, Western diet, you know, you know, less healthy, a little bit more obesity and, mm -hmm. um, could be doing it. Um, is it some kind of environmental exposure? Um, we just don't know. There's no smoking gun. Yeah, no. exactly. Yeah. It's so a complex, it's a yeah. complex issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That is really crazy. Now let's talk about COVID. Let's, let's talk about, um, yeah. So Mary, how is, <laughs> what changed? I mean, everybody came in with face masks on today and, you know, we did our hand sanitizer yeah. and, and, and we played by the rules, but, uh, so my world hasn't changed that much just because pediatric cancer families are so used to socially distancing. Right. <laughs> they haven't left their houses right. normally. So it hasn't been that different for them. I've even heard people say, well, now you know how we feel, you know, all year. Oh yeah. Um, so my world has we're, we're totally related. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah. So my world has very little empathy for those people out there that are complaining about having to wear a mask or not being able to go places. Um, so that's been, you know, kind of interesting to see the other side of that sure. uh, for, for my patients um, with work. You know, I think there's a lot more rules and regulations behind it, which is probably a good thing. Mm -hmm. We haven't actually had a single patient diagnosed, which is great. That's um, amazing. Yeah. That's great. And, you know, in general, cancer patients are pretty good about staying away from sick people. Right. They're not necessarily going to travel across the world in the midst of, of what's going on. So I think our patients are savvy in general about, you know, Knowing being what they safe, can and cannot do. doing a good job with right. hand washing yeah. and, and staying away from sick contacts and whatnot. That's great. That's really good. Cause that's the first thing that I thought of is, wow, we've done this before, you know? Yeah. So, you know, yeah. wiping that's down the phone, right. wiping down the, you mm -hmm. know, the light switches and, the you know, menus, all that all stuff. That stuff. Yeah, so that's we, interesting. Yeah. And, you know, obviously you only go out when you want, when you, when you need to, you know, it's, right. um, so that makes sense. But, um, but as far as the coming in that, there's nothing new that you guys are doing. Like you're allowing them to come into the waiting room and then, Oh no, well, there's a no, lot. No, no. Of, lot oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Very, so that very is different. It's very yeah. different. It's interesting. You know, as it, as it all unfolded, mm -hmm. you know, and you know how, how it was for everybody kind of all of a sudden everybody said, okay, we're, we're, we're shutting down. Right. Yes. You know, and uh, in, in the medical world, 
you can't shut down. You can't shut down. So, so, you know, it, it was nice to have UCLA kind of guide us because he was coming, coming from a sort of the academic institution and they're guiding all of the, their practices. So they would help us. And, and, and we kind of talked about it a lot. And, you know, they basically said, Hey, you know, you as doctors go through your schedules over the next, you know, a couple of weeks and let's pull off anyone who's, you know, routine, just follow up. Let's try to decrease the foot traffic in the office. Um, whoever we can delay, push out, let's do that. Whoever we can do phone visits or video visits, as you guys, you know, Zoom is yeah. becoming, you know, every everything. Uh, well, we're doing that in medicine too. And that's actually, you know, uh, really changed medicine uh, mm-hmm. quickly where we're doing these telehealth video visits. So we really quickly within days switched people to that, you know, yeah. um, but in cancer medicine, it's a little bit different. Like a lot of specialties, um, you, you mentioned orthopedic surgery. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, which is which was difficult for them, they had to really shut down because they, those were elective surgeries mm-hmm. didn't necessarily had to be yeah. done in the next few weeks. But with cancer patients, right, they're on chemotherapy. They're on the, uh, you know, we want to give them uh, therapies on time. And can you delay patients? And we did, we did actually delay some that were sort of routine, you know, but then it became a question of, well, how long? You know, how long is this going to go on? Right. Mm-hmm. So you, you push right. them out a week, you push them out four weeks, you push them out two months. And it became that question. And, and we, at the end of the day, we ended up treating most of our patients mm-hmm. as we normally would and just really instituted the, the safeguards that, you know, that we're all doing yeah. and all the medical offices are doing. So we, we, for instance, we keep our waiting room free of patients and yeah. we bring them right in and, you know, screen them, temperature screening. And, okay. And so you do, all do those yeah. things. Thing. We're wearing masks. You know, unfortunately, we, we don't really allow visitors uh, much. We try to limit that in the infusion room, which is difficult, as you guys know, to not to ha- have family so with me, you getting chemo. Have right? you been yelled at about that? That's no, not a- at all. Really? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that I believe you. He's lying. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. And you're not just- today. We haven't been yeah. here that today. Not today. Today was a good day. Today was a good day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And tomorrow's Friday. You're home free. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I just I I feel it's for tough. you on that one because you know I can see both ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know where yeah. you have to do what, what's good for that patient, and that patient wants somebody with them. Absolutely. So hard. You know we we've been we've been you know uh, reasonable with it. And, and flexible. We're trying to be as safe as possible. Yep. But what, what we've kind of said is, you know, if, if, especially we're having a visit where we may be reviewing a scan, a CT scan, or we may be making a change of therapy, you want to have your, your spouse there to discuss. We want to do that, you yeah. know? Um, but we've been trying to keep, you know, visitors in, out of the infusion room if we can, you sure. know, yeah. with exceptions, of course, we're trying to, we're trying to be reasonable. Yeah. Um, and it's worked out pretty well, you know, and just, yeah. Like, like Mary said, we, you know, we haven't had any cases. We've been lucky in this, in this County, yeah, as you guys know, there, there, there hasn't been, uh, nearly the number of cases as, as, as other places. So from yeah. that point of view, we just Santa Barbara County is being hammered. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, so, yeah, I think so. that has to do with the prison or whatever. I don't know what right. ends up happening, but right. yeah, it's, it's in San Luis County. It's, it's a lot better. So I'm thankful for that. Mary, so what are you telling your patients with COVID? Um, do they have to do anything different now? What does their life look like right now while COVID is still the forefront? Um, I would actually say their lives aren't that different. You know, I, I think these are things that they've already been cognizant of. They're already, you know, nervous about getting the flu during the winter months. And they're nervous about sending their kids to school because Mm -hmm. snotty Jane who sits next to my son is going to get him sick. So I feel like 
it really hasn't changed that much. Um, I think in pediatrics, because we haven't seen as, as sick of patients, I don't see my parent, the parents as scared just because they feel that perhaps it won't happen to my child because it's happening more so to adults. We'll see right, as some right. of this newer data comes out, yeah. they might be a little bit more scared. But we do have this little bubble around St. Louis that, yeah. that has kind of helped us not not Worry become so too reactive. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah I, I was just going to add that it. I think it was more fear in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, we got, you know, we were flooded with phone calls as, as you, you would imagine. Oh, yeah. Can I, can I, can I do this? Can I go to the store? Can I, can I, can I see my daughter in San Francisco? Uh, you know, is it safe to get on a plane? All those things. Mm-hmm. And they were difficult questions because we didn't really yeah, know the answers. Yeah. Them, you know? <laughs> um, and you know, we, 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 we've erred on the conservative side, you know, um, which you, but, have to. Yeah. which you have yeah. to do. Um, but, um, it's interesting, you know, cancer patients are particularly resilient. Right. And, and, I, and I think it's been amazing how people have, really gone on with their therapy and, you know, haven't been scared away, Mm -hmm. you know, and and, that is true. We just haven't had patients not show up for chemo. You you know, you think people just say, I'm I'm not going to a doctor's office, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That really hasn't happened. That's great. Yeah. No, that's good. That's really good. I think I'd be more scared of going to the grocery store than the doctor's office. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Really. Right. That's so true. Okay. Um, this is a little bit of a hard question for me, but, um, how much, um, communication do you have with Dr. Fetterman? Dr. Fetterman was Ryan's doctor. I talk to him all the time. Okay. His we, team. We yeah. love Dr. Fetterman. Yeah. I have a special. And Kathy and Marjorie. Oh, and, love them all. Yeah. yeah. They're great. Yeah. Steve was, let me just tell you a little bit about our story. I'm very outgoing. And, um, I was always like, yeah, more, the more the merrier, you know, a lot like Ryan. And after this diagnosis, it completely changed me, completely changed me. Steve, is more the outgoing one. And I'm the more like I don't know about that, business. Like I'm like, I'm not here to make friends. I don't want to make you friends because this is not what I what I wanted. You know, this isn't what I signed up for. And so that was kind of my um mentality of it a little bit. Um when the first diagnosis happened. Um I tried to get, you know, I tried to let my guard down and um it didn't really go in my favor. So when the second diagnosis hit, it was not, I was tunnel vision and I don't know you. Sure. I'm, I don't care what's going on in the room next to me. I right. don't care what's going on. I don't care. I am walking this out the way I have to walk it out. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own everybody way of does doing it. Different. And that was mm-hmm. how I did it. He was the one talking to everybody. And I was like, you go ahead, you do you, but I have to do what I was in survival mode. That's yep. what well, I Well, And I think, I think sometimes you get rid of the fluff, you know, you're not going to spend your time on yeah. the, yeah. you know chatting to this person and that person, you've got your goal. Exactly. But also for us, I was a paramedic. Mm -hmm. So I had the basic anatomy and physiology. (laughs) He knew just enough to be dangerous. Right. (laughs) So when they're talking levels, I know what they're talking about. Right. And when it's time for rounds, I could be a part of it. And I knew where we were at, where we were going, what the plan was. Right. You know, and if I had a question, I could talk at a medical level that we all, could communicate on and that was a benefit you know mm-hmm. a lot of people don't, yeah. don't yeah. have that luxury yeah. and what we tell everybody that is diagnosed with any and we, we've had several friends that unfortunately have been recently diagnosed you have to be your own advocate 
you have to fight for yourself. People right. sit in the same chairs and they say the same thing that you have to be your own advocate. No I, question. I, no question about it. Absolutely. You do. And that's what's a little bit hard with the COVID thing is right. that when mm -hmm. they don't have the ability to make that decision or whatever, it's nice to have that family member to have to be their advocate, you know, to be their advocate. Right. So that's um, where, you know, it tugs at my heartstrings. Yeah. You know. We've been very understanding of that in yeah. our clinic. You know, we let people have the family member come who's important to them. Sure. We have had several visits where people are on FaceTime. Another oh, nice. person is, you know, on sure. the phone. Whatever makes them feel yeah. a yeah. little yeah. more comfortable. That works actually pretty well. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. is. But that is not, really great. It's not, a, it's not perfect. But yeah, it's, right. yeah, I, know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It is a blessing being in that bubble like you talked about. Right. Because I yeah. can only imagine if we were doing this right now in at UCLA, Los Angeles, right, how it would be different. I don't know that there would be any coming and going. I can't yeah. my my heart hurts for those pediatric kids that are in there by themselves because their parents can't come and go right yeah. now. Right. Whatever That's that looks like. And yeah. I and I don't know how it's set up, but as bad as this is in the big cities, I'm sure the lockdowns are very, oh, yeah. very I had tight. A, I had a teenager admitted last week locally and they would not let the parents come and go so whoever came on day one had to stay until the patient was discharged wow so yeah that's it makes it tough makes yeah. it tough, tough. yeah it tough. i know but steve and i did it we you know yeah. we were there i mean we were able to go come and go but there was weeks at a time where you're taking a shower in the hospital shower yeah. You, yeah. you you do you yeah. live in this little room and you 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 do it you figure it out and you do it. So that makes me happy that you guys um, talk to Fetterman and, and yeah. that he Barry does all the time. Yeah. yeah. That he's yeah. involved. Yeah. Tell and, him we said hi. Yeah. Yes, I will. Do. And actually yeah. I did shoot him an email not very long ago. And um, we, you guys had referred one of um, your patients to 17 strong. And so, and when I saw it on the paperwork, I just, my heart like went, Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. Dr. Fetterman. Yeah. <laughs> So that was, but there's um, such a good sarcoma team that that's really where I want the local people to go. When I exactly. hear that there's a new sarcoma patient, I'm just really impressed by them. So, yeah. Yeah. no, so it, are we. We, but, we love um, them. Yeah. yeah. So let's it's, talk about some good news because um, you guys through UCLA um, Health have referred several several yeah. <laughs> yeah um, so first of all, I guess I want to ask, like, did you follow Ryan's story? Had, did you, how, how did you, did you? I did. You did? Yeah. Okay. So you followed the whole story. Multiple people reached out to me and said, you need to call this family. You need to, you know, tell them and you're did available. You I said that wasn't really appropriate for me. Because you probably would have got a different Holly because it was, like I said, I was not, <laughs> yeah, I was in survival it, mode. And yeah. I remember somebody did call me and yeah. I was not nice. I was like, I don't know you. I don't want to talk to you. And right. especially about something so Personal. It was yeah. so personal. Like I was like, it was really, and I, I probably came off really different. And that's why I was saying our personalities change during this. Well, whole you're thing. in survival you're mode. In, yeah. You don't owe, you and don't owe them anything. Don't yeah, even really think twice situation. about it. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, um, so I'm glad I didn't reach out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> probably very good discernment the on that. would have spit, right? I'm sorry. I, I you know. And but I did eventually thing. get on one of your. Caring bridge. Caring bridge. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 And that did kind of, um, you know, people would ask me, you know, probably silly questions to, you know, they'd say, well, did you read the Caring Bridge? No. 
I'm living it. Thank you very much. Why do I need to read that too? I don't need to read yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah thanks. Yeah, but yeah. no, uh-uh. So sometimes Steve would, you know, proofread it and say, does this sound okay? And I'm like, whatever, you know, whatever. But anyway, so you did, you did not, you didn't know Ryan. I, I knew of him. I, you know, okay. I, so I knew the story kind of peripherally, but didn't, didn't know you guys yet. Or, right. And I, and, and, and I, but I had heard about it. I, I was wondering, did you, did you guys, how did you guys end up down at UCLA initially? We, uh, so when, the lump was discovered. Right. Dr. Laird, a mm-hmm. local orthopedic yep. surgeon, um, took one look at it and said he didn't like it. Right. And he was going to call a specialist on the East Coast, one a friend of his, mm-hmm. and he was going to have him look at the MRI and he would get back to us as soon as he had word. And we were walking up the stairs at San Luis High School to, at their baseball field and my phone rings. And he said, it's not good. I will have you at Stanford or UCLA this weekend. He said, keep the phone on. Right. And within, I don't know, 24 hours, Mm -hmm. we had an appointment at UCLA with Dr. Uh, Fetterman and Dr. Bucata. Right. Um, Right. And um, they, we actually had a tournament Mm -hmm. down in uh, Riverside. Mm -hmm. So we left the tournament early, had the, his appointment on a, like a, Mm -hmm. Monday or something on Friday. I don't even remember what it was. And then of course the waiting game, you know, it was like no results, no results, no sure. results. I mean, it was, I think I that's wanna, the worst. I think yes. it was, that is the worst. worst. I want to yeah. say it was four weeks because he played he, the whole play. season. Dr. Whole... Fetterman said, as long as it's not bugging him, keep playing, play as long as you can, because once we start, yeah. you're, you're play. done playing until right. treatments, right. You know, done. Mm-hmm. So he kept playing and, you know, Dr. Fetterman would check in on a weekly basis and say, you know, it's okay. We're, we're doing the, I don't know, uh, genetic testing at this point. I mean, right. they break it down as you know, right. so far. I mean, right. it's. And of course it was so rare. It had to be like sent to like Missouri and it was, it was ridiculous. <laughs> crazy. It yeah. was crazy. It was yeah. absolutely crazy. So everything was, it, it just took a while and, yeah. and the waiting game and, you know, so that was, so that's how we ended that's up how down ended, there yeah. because yeah. it was whoever could get us in the quickest. And it honestly, UCLA. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, UCLA, sure, but sure. let me go a little bit farther because they were going to do treatment in Santa Barbara. And right. the more I talked to this team, I just felt that, okay, so the communication between this, the Fetterman team and the people in Santa Barbara, I was afraid that there was going to be something that went wrong. And so I just said, what is the extra time? Let's just, let's yeah. just come here. Yeah. So I just you know, felt like we do that all the time. Right. And so that's when we just decided that we're just going to come to UCLA. And so sure. we were in Santa Monica, um, the first round, which was right. very, um, when I compare the two, Santa Monica was like super homey, if you yeah, will, you yeah. know, and we got to go home. So when we got to the West Co- or what is it called? Westwood. Yeah. I don't ever want to go there again. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, I didn't like well, it. It's an institution. It's, oh, I mean, yeah. it's a teaching it hospital. Cold. I mean, it it's, was, yeah. So Ronald Reagan or yeah, it's a different thing. That was when it's for the transplant, feel. right? Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah for sure. And it's not the people, the people are wonderful. Yeah. It's just, you're in a big hospital. Right. I mean, it, I, I'm sweating thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. I'm sweating. Like, yeah. How did they it's, decide where you would go? Each because cycle? Santa Monica is the sarcoma hospital. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, interesting. And then, okay. um, mm. 
the Westwood campus does everything else, I guess. And right. so once he was diagno uh, diagnosed with the leukemia, they actually didn't have any beds in Westwood. So they flew us to Santa Monica. We stayed there for three days until something opened up in Westwood. And then that's where we lived. Yeah, I've noticed right. that with patients that they'll say, tell them they're going to the Westwood campus or tell them this time it's Santa Monica or yeah. the yeah. other one. Yeah. Um, There's a totally So I didn't really understand yeah. how that worked. Yeah. If you yeah. have you ever visited either of them, just out of curiosity? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you notice the feel, or is it just me? There's no, just it's this. Different. It's different. Yeah. It's, it's different. just different. Yeah. Like it feels. I don't know. I can't describe it to be honest with you. But um, anyway, so when is the first time that you guys heard about Seventeen Strong? And Gosh. how I'd like to hear how you heard about it, and um, and you know. I mean, I'm sure I, think I heard it from you, Mary. Initially. <laughs> yeah, years Mary's ago. like, I don't yeah, know. I'm trying oh, to think okay. how I heard about it. It may have been the Muscardis. I'm good friends with the Muscardis. Yeah. Oh. Um, okay, so we, we love them. Oh, yes. Lewis on. Um, yes, I know. I listened. Yeah. And, and some Avery. things came out in that podcast that oh. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know, <laughs> you know? So, um, it's, you know, like, for example, I'll tell you when he went into Laird. When Ryan went into Laird's office, mm -hmm. they said the C word for the first time. And little did I know it was on the MRI, Ewing sarcoma. I said, no, no, no rewind, because we were not told that. Mm. We were not told. He goes, it said right there on that, on the um, MRI. I guess that's what the radiologist. And I'm like, right, yeah, right. we did not know that till we were in mm. um, UCLA at that, you know. Um, when we were in with Bukata is when yeah. she said mm -hmm. that. So I was like, things come out in this yeah. podcast. I'm oh, just yeah. saying. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Right. never know. You never know. So um, back, to, do you remember how you, you knew I, probably? I'm, I think it was the Muscardis. I know they invited me to your very first um, fundraiser. Was that? And I went with them. Was that um, with 17 Strong or was that with when Ryan? Because um, we had one, it was a benefit for Ryan because. I believe very... it was 17 strong. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but I had heard about you guys starting the foundation and all of that. And I was really excited because I've had several patients over 18 oh, yeah. that didn't qualify. And so I immediately, you know, yeah. perked up Jumped as soon as I heard. Well, it. Was Ryan's you want, world. Yeah. And you, yeah. you understand that Ryan started it. Yes. Oh okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was, that's to me the key because what 18 year old thinks of that, you know, but he that's was, amazing. Yeah. yeah, he was denied that trip and he right. thought, he always thought of other people, you know, and so I will never forget when he said that to me and I was to Steve and I and we were like, well, you need to get better. And then we'll talk about 17 strong, like whatever you dreamt up. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it was um, I think that's the thing that's healing most for Steve and I, you know, sure. I didn't I don't really like the fact that I'm connected with cancer, but I know that I have that purpose now and um, and I've come to terms with it. But, um, and that's hard on that's a daily yeah. basis, you yeah. know, yeah. but we're talking survivors and right. that is what's so, it, it, it motivates me and encourages me that people can beat this and, yeah. you know, and that's what it's about. And, um, I don't know, it's, it's great to be able to do something wonderful for these patients. I mean, it's amazing. He had the forethought to think about that. You don't have to you tell know? him that's. But the story yeah, about, how, yeah. you, about well, how you ba basically they came into him and they said you know you qualify for make a wish right plan where you want to go da, 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 da. right and we're, we're outdoors people we like hunting and fishing mm -hmm. and all that good stuff and and uh 
he figured out that I am going to go duck hunting with the Mike Trout, as he called him, of duck hunting. Okay. And that's exactly what he called it. So Mike Trout being yes. a stud baseball <laughs> right. player, this yeah. guy runs his own duck hunting club, and he is just all about the best. Hunting. Oh, yeah. The right. best and of the best. Yeah. He happened to be a retired uh, baseball player as mm-hmm. well. Wow. That's right. So, there was a kindred spirit. Worlds, oh, yeah. yeah. Ryan was all yeah. over it. He was loving So it. he knew what he was going to do, the whole nine yards. And then they came in and said, oh, by the way. But let me go. interrupt you for a quick second, because you had always told Ryan that he needed to think about a nonprofit. You need to think right. about mm-hmm. something like that, because if you he was being scouted by some um, ML, yeah, some pro teams. And right. so he had told him at a young age that, you know, you always have to give back. So whatever right. that looks like, you know, so I think that that the seed was planted, the seed was young planted mm-hmm. but it was after that surgery right. when he got the Ewings taken out of his leg that he woke up and, and said, you know, he had been, the trip was taken away <laughs> yes. and then they said, well, what would you want to do anyway? And he told him, he said, well, we can't do that because you can't do any kind of anything with guns or hunting or shooting. And, oh, and okay. he was. Yeah. Now, had he, he turned 18? Is that why they took it away? He, no, they, um, he was, he aged out. He so he aged, was, yeah. he was, di- you have to be diagnosed prior to your 18th birthday. He okay. was already 18. Oh. So his birthday is October and he got diagnosed April. Okay. So, so that was the, um, he's like, what? You know, that yeah. doesn't make any sense. Like, so the technicality. The technicality. Yeah. 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 And then when he woke up, he said, no, we're going to start a nonprofit. We're going to call it 17 Strong. And we're going to grant victory trips. We're going to send them on victory trips. And seven, I'm like, 17 means victory. That's why he chose the number. Hmm. And is it biblical? It's a biblical, biblical okay. number. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And he said, we're going to let these people do whatever they want. And he, he would said, tell it's, us. It's not ours to choose for them. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, we've had people that have wanted to go drifting. Oh, and that was fun. That was a fun. You know, not something I'd want to do. <laughs> Never. You know, Never. It, it, we're offering to send you around the world. Right. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm like, I can send you to Hawaii. You know, you might you just want to go to Yellowstone. <laughs> hey, that's important Whatever you to want. you. Then, right. then that's yeah. where I want to send you. Right. You want to go drifting? You do it. You do, do it. Do you know what drifting <laughs> is? Because I didn't. No. It's with your it's, car. You go yeah. in like figure eights and drift the car so it has all the uh, smokes oh, outside okay, with your gotcha. car. It's a controlled skid corner. Control we'll go do it afterwards. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. That's it. it works well on the That dirt. sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's, right but fun? you're definitely yeah. not thinking big if that's what you're asking to do <laughs> for you. So no, yeah. Oh, I've what, seen whatever they like. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You just never and, know. And we've had kids that have come from one stoplight towns. He yeah, was sure. he, he yeah. was one. He's yeah. from South Dakota. Yeah. He yeah. was the one that wanted to go to the drifting thing. And he was yeah. from a one stoplight town in South Dakota. South Dakota and then huh? you bring him out to Amazing. San Francisco or Los yeah. Angeles and, and their their minds blown. It's like yeah. wait a minute. It's you know? funny. It is funny. You know? But I remember Ryan specifically saying in the hospital, he's like, if they want to jump out of a plane, you let them jump out of a plane. Yep. I'm Aww. like, <laughs> that's yeah. great. Because it's important. No liability. Of course. You know, yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. He wasn't worried about that. thinking yeah. big. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's, it's their me. trip. And, yeah. and what a vacation to me might not be a vacation mm-hmm. to you, might be and, different for you. Right. And right. I'm we all vacation that. differently. Yeah. I'm learning know? that for sure with all these people because a vacation looks different to everybody. So have you had any patients that have come back and talked about their victory trip? Oh yeah. We've yeah. We, we went yeah. to one of your, um, your victory trip reveals, victory trip reveals. Yeah. And we saw several of our patients right. there who had talked about it. Oh, so it was good. Yeah. 
yeah, and they probably come in. Now, what is their first response when you introduce 17 Strong to them? Because I know what it's like for me. I want to know what it's like for you. They guys. don't believe you. No. They never believe you. Something they for think, free? What? They say anything? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anywhere? Anywhere? Yeah. The best was uh, I-Day because I said, you know, I, I told her all about it. And she's like, okay, okay. All right. So the next day she shows up. So how did they decide who wins? And I said, <laughs> Ida, you won. You've already won. You, you get won. your trip. She starts crying. I oh, mean, it was like she just thing. didn't understand the concept that anyone would do that yeah. and kind of just hand it out. Right. Um, and she was, she loved it. She, oh, good. I just, I love her. I was, oh, yeah. my gosh. And then for her to be in that position, and really, she's giving back. And she right. knows exactly what it's yeah. like. You know, and she's bilingual. Yeah. You know, I mean, what what a great gift that she has. Well, it's that her experience, her yeah. life experience to yeah. be able to be in that position. I think it's awesome. It's so, amazing. yeah. And she did. She had such a great time. I can't yeah. remember. Did she go to Honduras? No, that was. No, um, no, no. that was Marcella. She was going to she go to, to Thailand. Thailand. She yeah. went to Thailand. That's what she did. Yeah. 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 I said, where's your picture with the elephant? She's like, ah, yeah, she, she's so funny. I really yeah. like her. She's great. Yeah. They all so, think there's a catch at first, you know, right. they, what's the catch? because yeah. the old yeah. adage is there's nothing for free. Yes. yes. You know? And that's exactly. true. I love sitting next, like across the table when we're, you know, at a coffee shop and they will be like, it's the funniest thing. They're like at an interview and I'm like, you already have the trip. Yeah, you want. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't like, have to impress yeah, you don't have to impress yeah. me. Like, but they're like, yes, ma'am. Yes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, it, you know, I'm just trying to get to it's know them. Right. And it's, it's really sweet. And they're, um, you know, they still think that they're on the hook. Like, what do I have to do? I said, I'm not going to ask how much you make, what's your tax ID. And I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. So I kind of try to start with that because then I, the pressure's off. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to ask you any crazy questions about your financial situation because right. I don't care about that. I just want to be able to do something good for you and and um, something that you can create some great memories. So um, I try to start off with that, but it is fun to see them squirm sometimes <laughs> because they, you know, and you never know what you're going to get. Sometimes they get really emotional and then sometimes they just get so excited they can't even stand it. So Right. Can't contain it. Yeah. Can't contain yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it sure works well being able to go through the doctors, the nurses, the nurse navigators, social workers, because it's sad the number of people that will send you an email that are like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm dying or this has happened or this. Okay. Not a problem. We understand what you're going through. Have your nurse navigator, have your doctor reach out to us. Here's the contact information and the line goes cold Mm -hmm. because when people hear what you're doing, it's like, well, I want something for free. I, you know, I can make up that I had cancer. Yeah. I'm like, why would you want to make up that you had a disease that these people have fought really hard to beat mm-hmm. and and you want to take that from them you yeah. know so by us eliminating that and going straight to the hospitals and the doctors and mm-hmm. stuff it makes it a lot smoother process right, right. Yeah. you know plus makes sense. we get around all the hipaa and everything because you're talking to them right mm-hmm. on our behalf you're breaking the ice can i talk to them mm-hmm. and they're like oh absolutely mm-hmm. you know 
It's right. worked so, out really great, I do have to okay. say, because we have had referrals from, you know, St. Jude's and uh, all the big hospitals, you know, really? the Stanford, the, um, the UCLA's. And um, so it's it's neat because, but those bigger hospitals are a little bit harder because you have to send out multiple emails because, yeah. you know, like you say, they are, they are, you know. It's an institution. It's an institution. Yeah. So it's not like I can just go to one person and they have all the different cancers like we have right you know right. it's it's they have the breath now what happened with the one i connected you with at stanford pam simon did that work out oh she's wonderful yeah yes. oh, good. We, we met with oh, good. her yeah, we, we did we, meet with all yes yeah. yeah she is wonderful we've actually oh, got a couple referrals she helps from run her. their aya program yes there. okay she's, yeah. 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 she's yeah. amazing she is amazing she oh, just good. told us all kinds of information it good. was amazing absolutely yeah. Yeah. it was a great visit We've Great got visit. at least two or three that I'm thinking of. Oh, more than that. No, we have a lot. And that's, Great. I've gotten hmm. a lot of lymphoma and, um, what's the other one? Um, there's two different ones. So I want to get into more different, you know, different cancers because it's mm-hmm. like, I want them to start telling their friends, like, yeah. you know, to pass your email on to all the rest of them because, um, it's interesting because they don't know what the breast cancer is doing. Yeah, you know, right. or the colon cancer or the solid tumors or, right. you know, so it's, um, I think it might be the leukemia, leukemia and, and um, lymphoma are the ones in Stanford that yeah. I have a good relationship with that all the time I get to. Oh, great. Yeah. So oh, that's um, great. Yeah. It is. It's yeah. really, it's really great. And, and a lot of um, St. Jude's as well. It's, it, and interesting. Ryan yeah. wanted this to be as big as make a wish. And I'm telling you, we are on the road to get wow. there because wow. our, I mean, people are finding out about us left and right. And I don't know if it's just during this COVID and we aren't able to do anything <laughs> yeah. that it's really like <laughs> piling up, you know, of a lot of people, people find out. They yeah. do. Yeah. And, it's, and it's, it's been tough for us with COVID because see, we've lost a lot of money because the insurance that you take out on these trips is not covered. They, COVID is not covered. Right. right. They really? ran really quick when COVID came down as not covered. Right. Act of God. Yeah. Yep. Somewhere, oh somewhere, goodness. somewhere in the and fine so, print, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, exactly. So just let the newspaper know. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the donations, rightly so, have been going to frontline workers sure. for masks, right. for PPE and all that. And yeah. I will never take, I mean, of course, coming out of the, uh, out of the medical field, I understand. I get it. You know, we yeah. want to support those people that are doing that day in and day out and you know we have a lot of good relationships with them and right we have two people come to mind that are actually nurses working the front line oh yeah that have been victory trip recipients Recipients. yeah so you know we understand our heart goes out to them but it's been tough for us too because we've lost Mm -hmm. a lot of that money we had we were at 64. Well we had in March when we before the lockdown we had um already approved 25 for this year for this year and last year we i shouldn't say only because we are still babies we only had um 28 in 2019 so we were at you know 25 already in march well we were like yeah we're gonna do this this year and then covid (laughs) and rightly so because the doctors are not approving any travel right now i mean and and most of these patients are like i want this thing to blow over you yeah, know, they, don't wanna, no, they, they yeah, don't want to. They don't want it. They don't want to chance it. You know? But I do but, have yeah. to say the disappointment. Yeah. And they are so yeah. looking forward to this right. and they're so disappointed. But I've just, we've talked to, to them and we just told them, 
this is just postponing. We're yeah. just postponing it. It's yeah. not that you not don't, it away. we're not taking it away from you. Absolutely not. So that helps a little bit. And, mm-hmm. and I know it eases their mind. Does it, can we wait until 2021? And I'm like, absolutely. So sure. I try yeah. to make it as, you know, as seamless as possible for them. And I don't want them to have anxiety about because right. it's not the idea. Don't stress about that. Yeah. 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 The idea is to We're go and have a great right. time. And yeah. We'll raise that cool. money somewhere. Absolutely. <laughs> I have no concern. We'll no. figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Right. So, so I am so thankful for everything you guys do for yes. us, for yep. 17 Strong, and then everything that you do for us in the community. For I your mean, patience. For your patience. And I do have Thank to you. say that. Um, you have a you very have... special patient right now. That is, <laughs> yes, you do, you know, and it is. We've heard several say they know you lately. We know you've got yeah. good friends, but I've heard others too. Wow, and I have to you. say too that yeah, I hope that's good. That I know. I don't <laughs> yeah. know what she's talking about over here. <laughs> I don't look good in orange. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he always says that. I don't look good in orange. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, but I just want to tell you guys that you know your reputation from our perspectives and your patience is amazing. I mean, they love you. you. They respect you. They trust you. And that is something to be, oh my gosh. I just, I, I know having somebody that really cares about you in this time, very difficult time, um, is amazing. So I really, truly want to thank you guys for everything you guys do. So 17 Strong would be the same without you. So, I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate that. Absolutely. That's, that's, and it's, that's it what is, it's all about, right? It yeah. is. Yeah. It's working together as a community and coming together and doing something good. And right. I, I believe that. And and we get to, you know, honor our son in doing every right. single one. So it really is, you know, continuing his legacy and helping Steve and I heal through this, you know, right. with your patience. So it's amazing. So thank you again. And thank you for being here. Yeah. Yeah. For our first video. Thanks for having us. Yeah. We're excited. Yes. And thank you so much. So with that, we will wrap up another 17 strong podcast, our first video podcast. So again, thank you both for being here and for our production engineer, Nate Hand, (laughs) who's back there in the back. Thank you, Nate. Clay Jar Media. Thank you. And, uh, to our sponsors, thank you very much. Yep. You've been listening to 17 Strong. Victories don't come by accident. To be part of the show, make a donation, or request more information, go to 17strong.org. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-E-E-N strong.org.